Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Heat Nation, welcome into Believe in Miami Heat for another week. Joey Levin back with you and joined as always by the champ, Norris Colt. I think back in France. We back in France, Norris? The champ is here, and he's back in Lyon, France. Here we go. <laughs> and Norris, we promised the people last week we we're going to do something a little different, right? Something we teased it. We didn't say who it was going to be, but we teased something special for Heat Nation, something a little bit different, a guest episode, someone that Heat Nation knows about, but maybe they haven't heard from a ton, somebody you're very close to, somebody shockingly, I've probably known even longer than you. You didn't even know that. He wow, didn't even know that world. until I just told him that. Small world. Norris, who we got on the program today? So, Heat Nation, on this episode, we have a special guest. A true Heat lifer. A Miami lifer. My brother. And also my trainer. One of the top trainers in the game today. Stan Remy from Cooper City. Stan, what's up, man. dude? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Uh, definitely got some history on this call right here. <laughs> Absolutely. Also from Miami Gardens. Get that shout out too. We can't. We can't. We can't leave that out. AKA Curl City. <laughs> I, I was just about to say. I don't even know what Miami Gardens. I'm about is. to say. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> hey, that's for the new guests who don't really know, but for the ones from Miami who know Curl City. Curl City, CC Zoo, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's funny because uh, we I brought up to Norris a while back because I knew Norris had worked out with Stan Remy. I told Norris, hey, you know, I've, I actually went to high school with Stan Remy. And I wonder if he even remembers. We were just talking a little bit before about how we, we, we used to play. We, I used to play against you back way back in the day at the Embassy Lakes Courts before anybody knew who Stan Remy and Remy workouts was. It's crazy. It's crazy how small of a world this is. Listen, tell Norris how lethal I was. Oh, it wasn't even Norris a question. There's a, listen, there's a reason why I remember you and you don't remember me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you're you getting know? some receipts for that. You're getting some receipts now, Remy? Okay. Listen, okay. I, I, there's, listen I don't remember... The I don't remember what shooting hand most people I played against in high school have. I know Stan has the left, right? Oh, oh my God. See what so I'm the left hand sniper is true. Okay. I remember. I, I, hey, Joey, Joey, I just, I have a hard time with that because the last time we shot, you know, I won. Oh, so, so, so that's, that's why I was like, why you got, hey, look, why you picking up old stuff? <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say this, Stan. I do remember. I do remember. And I was never, I was never at the, the level, but also, you can you can attest not a ton of basketball legends coming out of Cooper City. So we got it. Hey, when you have them, you got to remember. them. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. We it wasn't it wasn't too many of them, man. But you know what? Um, you know, everybody enjoyed the play. It was fun. Um, it was a different it was a different type of basketball. You're going to get their best. They're going to double team you, triple team you just in a single <laughs> game. So it, it prepares you for anything, man. 
Oh yeah. That was one of those, was one of those things where I would go out there. I might wait all night and not even get on the court. That's how, that's how good I was. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> hey, Joey, 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 don't do that to yourself, man. Don't hey, do man. that to yourself, man. It's okay. Hey, look, I'm here. I'm here now. Hey, right? <laughs> Before we move on, Stan, because there's so much, there's so, so much to get into you with. I can't wait for this conversation. Let's give a shout out to one of our favorite sponsors, betonline.ag. Your boy is back in the game. Won a little bit of money, a little parlay on UFC on ABC this past weekend. and got a little money on the heat tonight as we're recording. Playoffs coming up in the NBA. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I also want to give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, Monster Bass. I told you guys last week, I've been trying to get back into fishing. I live in South Florida. There's good spots to go fishing. I tried it when I was younger, didn't really get into it, but it just seems relaxing. I see people do it all the time. They seem relaxed when they're out there on the water. So I want to get back into it. I need a way to relax. And that's why I'm so excited about Monster Bass because Monster Bass is the fun, affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month. It's a premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and fish. And we're guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide and it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to monsterbass.com and use the code HEAT10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. Stan, tell us a little bit about, you know, going from that, Cooper City, for those who know Cooper City and growing up in in and being Carroll city, Cooper city to how, how did you get into this training thing? Like how did, how, what was the, the beginning, the genesis of where you've gotten to now? Well, yeah, I grew up in, I grew up in Carroll city, man, as a, as a young kid, man, I, I spent about 10 to 12 years of my life there. Um, my dad got a good job, um, you know, in the, in the Broward County schools, he worked in a day County schools for many years, got a big promotion, so he was able to move on up like the Jeffersons, you know what I mean? We made it, we made it, we made it, we made it out, we made it out of there. And uh, we, we moved to Carroll City and um, I, I mean, to Cooper City. And I just remember pulling in the guard gate and my house being literally across the street from a basketball court. Like I'd never, I couldn't even imagine, like I didn't even care what my room looked like. I didn't care what the house looked like. I was like, let me out of the U-Haul. This is ours. We can come here every day. Man, so I, I was so excited about Cooper City. That's what made the transition a little easier for me because I was really homesick at first. Um, but I think I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't move. Um, I think that diversity and the different mindsets of different people and meeting so many different successful people um, in Cooper City um, really made me who I am today, you know, uh, mentally. Um I got into training. Obviously, I played basketball at a high level in high school and in college, but I was average to me. To me, I was average. I know you said I was pretty good, but to myself, I felt like I was average. Um, 
until I met my best friend, Keon Doolin, you know, 13-year NBA veteran. Heat Nation, you guys know him. He played for the Shout Miami out Keon Doolin. Shout out Keon Doolin. Yeah, man. So what Keon did for me was literally we started to train. Like, he, we literally trained with each other. And growing up with us, like, our, our aspect of training was just literally playing against older people. Playing against older people, playing in the inner city, um, and, and you 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 get you you get the competitive part of basketball, right? You learn how to compete, but the skill wise, you, we didn't never work on our game. We literally just hoop. So when I met Keon, we started working on my game, and I literally, I literally went from being average to elite to getting a college scholarship because of that man. Like, and I never forgot that feeling that it made me feel watching myself get better. I felt like the way I grew up, it was a secret. I wanted to give back to all kids to show them that if you work on your game, you could not necessarily get a college scholarship, but you give yourself a better chance, right? Absolutely. You give yourself Absolutely. a better chance. And I fell in love with that process that day. And I, I knew I was sick about it when I went to college and we created this thing called the night group, right? We were sneaking the gym at night. You know, I went to an HBCU. It ain't like your D1s. Once that gym is closed, it's closed, right? Right, right. So, you know, the janitor was so cool. He would leave the, the broom sticking there for us at night. And we were going to get extra work, but it was crazy. I was training my own teammates. I wasn't training with them. I was coaching them. Mind you, I didn't know what the why was. I think the most important part of training is understanding the why. Why are you doing something, right? I didn't understand the why. I just understood that if you do this, you're going to get better. Because I was like, I'm like, Listen, we're going to do everything that me and Keon do, okay, right? I didn't understand Thanks. the why at the point. But we're going to do everything that me and Keon do and watch us get better. And I watched some of my teammates just literally blo uh, you know, blossom. And they they were like, bro, it's because of my teammate. <laughs> like, like, it's right. nothing that you guys are doing. Like, it's my teammate is literally taking the time at night, training us, ball handling, shooting drills, off the dribble, like we were just literally coming in and falling in love with getting better. And when I was done with college, you know, obviously I always wanted to do that with kids. And give a shout out to the HBCU one time before before we move on. Absolutely. Morris College, man, in Sumter, South Carolina. I think it was it was probably some of the best times of my life. Um, I don't know. I remember going there in my fourth day, like, what the hell am I doing in Sumter, South Carolina right now? You know, but it was, it was some of the best, you know, what it did was, you know, I was so homesick from moving from Miami to going to Cooper city and then going right back to an HBCU. So it brought me back to home. You know what I mean? So. Right. Shout uh, out to the HBCUs. Absolutely, man. It was an amazing experience, but, but yeah, man, um, Keon was so instrumental for me, man. He, he literally gave me the mindset to just want to get better and want to improve other people's games. And, when I got home from college, man, I just kept at it, kept at it, training kids, training kids, training kids. And I remember, you know, every summer I would be like, all right, Keon, I'm ready now. He'd be like, no, you're not. I'm not about to let you just train me. Like, keep working. <laughs> like, like, it's not going to just, I don't work like that. Like, so finally, you know, we would have this thing because I was, I was such a basketball fanatic and a basketball mind, like, like when he would be done with games, I literally would calculate, all right, after the game, 
They got a team talk. He's got to take a shower. He's got to see family and friends. Then he gets in his car. Boom, I'm calling. Right? Like, right. I would measure the timeout. I would measure the timeout. He would get in the car like, damn, I can hear the seatbelt thing going. Like, how the hell you knew I was? Bro, listen, because I couldn't wait to talk to you about what I saw out there. So it was so crazy that he would be like, Stan, you only got five minutes, bro. Five minutes. I just, I had shoot around. I talked all about basketball. Got back to the hotel, scouting reports. Got back to the game. Now we got pregame. Then we got the game. Then we got the after game. And then I got to talk to you for another 30 minutes about basketball. He's like, bro, from now on, you only get five minutes, bro. So, <laughs> but look, it was crazy because I don't care what I was doing. I couldn't wait to get on the phone with an NBA player to chop it up about basketball. So he would give me those five minutes and that five minutes grew to seven and grew to nine and grew to 20 and <laughs> grew to 30 and grew to, he got home and his wife's like, get off the phone with Stan. Like y'all you've been talking basketball this whole time. And he, all he did was strengthen my mind. So the next step for me was, I don't know, Norris, you played in the era a little bit, where they would give you these big binders of playbooks. I don't know if yes. they did that when you got there, yes, right? Yes, they, yeah, they don't do, the they don't do that no that. more. I was at the end of that. They give you iPads. Yeah, though, right now. at the end of that. Yeah, exactly. So they just give you the iPad now, right? So I would steal it at the end of each year. I have, I still have them from memories, right? Mm -hmm. I have like over all his teams, the thick playbooks, and I would literally just study them and study them and study them just so that it can help me become a better trainer because I figured – if you, if you understand the X's and O's better, you're going to know how to work somebody out to get them better so they can be good within those X's and O's, right? How, Absolutely. Do, you put, how do you put that together to, to create in-game situations so that whatever you're teaching a player, it translates right away. Like, that's the main thing. Can you make something translate right away, right? So um, one summer, he's just like, you know what? You got it, bro. You put the work in. Keon came in. He was super athletic. He was a top 10 pick, but he had no jump shot, like literally no jump shot. Right. And mm -hmm. I felt like I said, dog, this is what's stopping you from being an elite backup or starter in this league. Like let's, let's fix a couple of things and let's really work on it because a lot of players are very insecure with things that they're not good at. We're going to get into that later. We're going to, yeah, we're going to get into that a little later. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, they, sure. they, they get in the gym and they, you know, if they're athletic, everything is a dunk, right? Everything mm -hmm. is showing off. They want to, they want the oohs and the ahs. They they want to make themselves feel good. And it's like, dude, you just worked out for, for an hour and didn't even touch on a weakness that you're very insecure about. So finally, I got him to be vulnerable about it. Fine, man, let's just work on it. So I said, we don't even need to do nothing else. Everything in basketball that you bring to the table is very instinctive and God give it. But your shot, you got to create this. You got to work on this to make this better. Absolutely. And we fixed a couple of mechanics. And I would never forget it, that year in New Jersey. Um, back then, it wasn't no social media, right? So mm -hmm. everybody had to tune into NBA TV. It was one interview. You only got that one interview everyone had to tune into. And I'll never forget it. He made like eight threes in the game. Three field goal, three point field goal percentage went up over 30%. Um, and he be, he was known as like a shooter now, especially from the corner three. And 
he was on NBA TV and they were like, Keon, like you came into the, you know, NBA, super athletic, non-shooter. Like out of nowhere, like you're this amazing shooter, eight threes in this game. Like what's going on? What did you do this summer? And he was like, you know what? My best friend Stan, like he, he, it's almost like he didn't want to say it, but it was the actual truth. He was right. like my best friend. And he was like, I guess he's my trainer now. Like, but, um, <laughs> like he really helped me with my shot and really just focused in on one thing for the whole summer. And I really got better at it. And he said my name and it opened up the floodgates. It was all she wrote. It was all she wrote. So like you got people from the Miami Heat. I started to work with Udonis. So I started to work with, with James Jones, Rasul Butler, Malik Allen, very closely. And they were like, man, we need to just see what you got going on. And, 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 and I was very young at the time, but they just saw a hungry kid. Like they just saw somebody that even if I'm just rebounding and passing and whatever drills I'm doing, it's so passionate that they're like, bro, if we around this dude, this dude's so positive, we're going to get better. And I just continue to got getting better continue to work with the youth as well. I didn't say, okay, I'm only working with NBA and I'm, and I'm big and bad because now I was able to discover Brandon Knight. Okay. Through working in the youth um, who I, I started working with him around ninth grade and he was one of the top players in the world, but his father and his family came to me like he's been getting good training, but it's time to like, he's up. reached the threshold. He's reached the threshold. And it's time to take him to the next level. We don't want him to just be a top 30 player in the country. We want him to be the number one player in the country. And that's what we made him. That's what we made him. He was the number one point guard in the country. He was the number one player in the country for a few years before Harrison Barnes took that rate. But he was top five throughout his whole um, junior, senior year, high school career, um, all the way until the end when uh, Kyrie... McDonald's came and took his place um, as the number one point guard. But throughout the regular season, when it counted, he was the number one guy. Um, I, I remember him. He was a big deal down here. We didn't have a lot of top 10, top five type um, players down here in South Florida at that time. So that was a big deal down here. Not. That was a huge deal. You know what I mean? Um, and that opened up the floodgates for more kids because I think my, my, my biggest stat, you know, as a trainer till today is sending over 150 kids to colleges to giving them a chance to better their lives off of this game of basketball because of working on your game and getting better. I think that stat right there is unmatched to me. Because oh, yeah, we got to clap that up. Hold on. We got to clap that up one time to wait for my man, Remy. I mean, we got to clap that up for my Absolutely. Remy. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So this is why still today, you know, I don't have to train kids. I can I can be that guy that's like, yeah, okay, I, I got 150 NBA guys. Like, what do I need to do with kids? But guess what? I still carve out time because I want to create more professionals. That to me is the best value as a trainer is can you create a, a, a professional, not just work with a professional when he's always already one. Can you create one? And can, by continuing to work in the youth, sending all these kids to college, I was able to discover Vernon Carey Jr. who just got drafted, right? I've been working with him since the sixth grade, all the way up to Jet Howard's, the, you know, uh, so many different people you send the high D ones and, and I'm going to continue to do that. And, um, and, and, and influencing the youth is like something that drives me. It's my satisfaction. Not that 
I don't love working with NBA players. I think it's amazing. But to create something out of nothing, that's that creates value to me. Sure. He he nation. Now you see now, now you see why we had to have Stan as our first guest. He has a very, very real love and passion for the game. He's pure in his intentions. And also, I'm just gonna flat out tell you that work that you get on the court, that's some good work out there. And I can attest to it. I can firsthand attest to that work that you're gonna get with Stan Remy is some of the best work you can find out there in the country, heck in the world. I'll, I'll say this. You know what? Yeah, go ahead. Nah, I got a quick quick story with Norris, man. Norris is a very <laughs> I know I know he's funny on this show, but Norris is a real, you know, he's a tough dude, man. And he is a he doesn't trust easy. Um, he is he's very observant. He just doesn't do things because it's the wave. Oh, everyone's training with Remy, so I guess I'll just do it even if he sucks, right? He's not that type of guy. I remember training with him for the first time. It was just so tense in there because it's an evaluation period, right? <laughs> he wants to see, he wants to see what is this all about? And we looking at each other and we like, yeah, yeah, you nice. Yeah, you nice. <laughs> like we're just, it's just like without even being said, it was just like the evaluation. And he just like, I'll never forget it. Like you didn't even say nothing. You take off your shoes. And you look up, you're like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, 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 yeah, that was valid. I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Like, yeah, that was valid. I'll see you tomorrow. Like, and it just felt good because I could just feel the tension. Like, he had his friend in there, and he's just like, yeah, we got to make sure this Remy dude is who he say he is because we we don't just train with anybody. I'm a champ. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and Norris was the man in Miami. Like, Miami gave him a lot of, like a lot of love. They love Norris Cole. The, the so. flat top, bro. Yeah, yeah. man. Like it, it was, it was, I loved it. I was, I was really excited about it. And he can tell I wasn't, I wasn't rattled. It wasn't somebody that I was like, oh, I got to give him my best stuff. What little does he know, you know, I've already been doing my research on him. And I'm like, if he's in Miami, eventually we're going to cross paths. I remember him being a rookie. Um, and he's my type of guy that I love to be in the gym with because he's so passionate about getting better. I remember training D-Wade on one end of the floor and he, Norris Cole is a rookie. And, and he's just working on his game. Like, he's got his own cone set up. It's no coach down there. And he's going so hard. And I'm like, who is that kid down there? Like, I wanted to go down there and help him so bad. Like, I just wanted to go because he was so passionate and so pure. I was just like, man, eventually, you know, this guy, I'm going to be able to get to work with him, man. And then he became a champion, right? Then he grew that flat top out. And it was just like, he's somebody down here. So he still can walk the streets of Miami and have a lot of respect down here. So shout out to Norris, man, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Heat Nation, Heat Nation, they uh, they damn near lost their minds when they found out Norris was doing a Miami Heat podcast. It we, we <laughs> it blew up, it blew up quick. So, absolutely. Um, you know, I was thinking when you were talking about when you first started with Keon, um, and then working with guys like Malik Allen, and the, that's like that's like two thousand nine. So you're like early twenties, right? That's that's got to be a little. 20s, that's man. like intimidating. Is that intimidating for early twenties to be being like? becoming a trainer for all these, these guys, high level. And I mean, NBA players, the top of the top. Well, the good thing about it is another thing that Keon did for me is bring me around the game. 
So guess what? Being starstruck, that was out the window. You got to think, man, I was hanging out with Darius Miles and Q Rich and all these guys when he was with the Clippers. So like, so now, so now when you talk about, you know, being around NBA players, I'm, I'm, it's over with, you know, I, I can tell y'all a quick story. Um, you know, it's a funny thing that we call professional homeboys, right? Every, 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 every NBA player has mm-hmm. an entourage, right? And, and, and you, you have just guys that are around that some serve a purpose, some don't, you know, um, I'm not going to get into that because I don't feel like offending <laughs> anybody. Right, right. <laughs> and and um, I got a, I got a, a dope story why I was like, I cannot be a professional homeboy. You know, when I got out of college trying to figure out my way, Keon being my best friend in the NBA, he's like, bro, come live with me. <laughs> like, 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 come on. Like, and I'm just like, uh, I'll try it out for a week and I'll never forget it, man. Um, we were out at a nightclub, me, Dwight Howard, JJ Reddick, Jameer Nelson, Rashard Lewis. And like to any young kid in his twenties, this is like the time dream of your scenario. life. It's a dream <laughs> scenario. And my stomach just didn't sit well. I, it was bottles flying everywhere. It was people all around us. It was just a dream. And I'll never forget it. I just got off the section and I told Keon, I got to go home. He's like, what's wrong with you? I said, man, this ain't my money. This, this ain't my life. I got to create this life for myself. And if I love basketball, I ain't going to do it. This is going to blind me. This is going to give me a, a fake, you know, reality. A reality. It's going to give me a fake reality about what hard work is all about. So listen, Key, let me go grind and I'll see you at the top. And, he, and, and I drove home in the middle of the night. It's like three in the morning, back home to Miami, um, to Corpus City, to, to, to really put two feet into this training and not just one foot, right? And he, it, like, it brought tears to him because he, he was just like, damn, like, 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 that's a crazy story. Like, to, and I, and it was just something in me that was like, I can't be a professional friend. There's no way I could be, because let me tell you something, one year will turn into two. Two are turning into three, three are turning into four. And, and now you're you have, a professional homeboy. Now you're just a professional homeboy and with no outlook. Somebody get married and that woman's like, you can't be friends with that guy anymore. Guess what? I got to start my life at 32 years old. I got to start and figure out what, who am I going to be? So I, I can't let that, I couldn't let that happen. Too many, too many people around me wouldn't have respected me for letting another man take care of me. Definitely not. And that's another reason, Joey, why, even though Stan is my trainer, that's another reason why he's a friend, because he's not starstruck and he's his own man. And I and I respect that because I'm that way. I don't care who I'm around. I believe in respecting the man code. Facts. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable listening to you talk about, like, not becoming the professional homeboy and still training young guys because, you know, like – Norris, you know this just as well as I do, but I, you know, I spent five years in a video room for an NBA team. I saw a ton Mm -hmm. of them. They're everywhere. You know, everybody's got, there's, there's trainers who just want to be, they want to train this one guy and get paid for training that one guy and be a a trainer for one NBA player. And they're happy with that. There's the one dude who wants to hang around everybody and just get all his stuff paid for. So it's remarkable listening to you talk about how from a young age, you knew, like, no, I don't want that. 
and even now saying, look, I could, I could train Norris. I could train uh, Jimmy Butler. I could train Tyler here. I could train all these guys and I'd be fine, but no, I got to keep, keep it up with the youth because it's more important to have them succeed, right? Like create them yeah, a better life. Sure. I mean, I, it just, I think it just validates you as a, as a master teacher, you know, as a, as an influencer, as a mentor, you know, you know, persuading guys like to, to understand education is important. It's more than just getting in the gym. I think it's the time you spent checking up on guys and making sure they're doing what they're supposed to do on and off the court. That serves a bigger purpose, man, because these guys are already millionaires, right? My job is to make them bigger millionaires, right? But if you if you come from nothing to make you give you a chance to go to college, to better your education, to become something in life, anything you want, that is amazing. Like that right there gives me goosebumps. And that's my why. See, I, I have a shirt on. This is this is why we train. Well, that's my why. That's why I train people, because I want to give them a better life or enhance their life. Right. Yeah, that's dope. Um, before I want to talk, I mean, we obviously Miami heat believe in Miami heat. So we want to talk about some of the guys that we want to talk about the current squad a little bit. We want to talk about some of the guys on the team, but there was something that you said that stuck out to me that I I'm interested in. Now you talked about coming up as when you were learning to play, like when you were, when you were playing, uh, at the courts or playing with Keon and you talked about, you learned how to play just playing against the older dudes. Right. Yep. Um, yep. and now you've been training, over 10 years, 15 years, whatever it is, have you seen a change in the youth in the way guys learn how to play the game? Because I hear this. I mean, look, when I was younger, I was never a high level player, but I didn't learn from anybody, but going out and just playing. And, and even on those nights where I would go and play one game, I got better because I was playing against all people who were better than me. And I, I talked to, you know, when I was in the league or former players, when I was working, you know, got like a guy like a Raja Bell, when I would talk to him about coming up and he would talk about, I learned how to play by just playing one-on-one or playing against guys who are better than me. Have you seen us transition with maybe like the AAU type circuit and that type of thing from the way you came up and the way Norris, the way you came up to way players are learning how to play the game now. And does it make it harder for you when you get these younger kids in there to help them, develop and maybe change their habits well you know this is an era of, we call them training babies man like mm. training there's so many trainers now right it's it's so many trainers it's like liquor stores in the inner cities area right they're on every corner right <laughs> everyone wants to, everybody wants to be a trainer right so mm-hmm. um which is which is great if you have a basketball mind and and you're good at what you do and you're passionate and you're able to teach the game, man, more power to you. Continue to feed the youth, right? Um, I think it's a big difference in our era because that's why the game has shifted. As you watch, it's so it's way more skilled. Guys are literally doing things. You've got kids that are in second, third grade doing what NBA players are doing. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're literally, they're, all they do is play in the gym and work on their game. But what we got from playing against older kids and older people and adults is the toughness, right? The competitive aspect. Yes. The competitiveness, like the, 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 the not wanting to lose the, to the, the, you know, going out there and just not knowing, but not knowing you, 
you might have to you, fight. You couldn't lose. You couldn't lose, or you might yeah, not play like, for for an hour. You might you exactly. might have to fight, man. Like you might. It's just it's just it's tough. Like you just they don't have that edge anymore because guys are just so skilled, right? And I think to me, the way I teach the game now, I think playing and playing and and training is equivalent. So I try to bring that aspect to what's going on now. You know, you can't just drop a kid off in the middle of the hood, right? So they can learn how to play tough. <laughs> you, you, you have to try to create that environment, right? Absolutely. You have, to create, you have to try to create that environment so that they get the best of both worlds. But to answer your question, yeah, it's this era is, is, is just way more skilled. It's different. They don't, they don't play. So what they substitute is they just play a million AAU games. They play a million AAU games against kids their age, right? So are you really learning how to be competitive? Or are you just playing a bunch of games, right, at this point? You know, when we came up, it was like three tournaments. Now it's over 40 opportunities for you to see your, uh, give yourself a chance to play in college, which is great. I'm not downing it because I wish we had that many chances. <laughs> we didn't have that many chances. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was only a few camps. It was only a few tournaments. And if you look bad, you're in trouble. Probably going D2. And the best players did not and the best players did not all play for the same teams either. Exactly. I mean that's that was that's more? the biggest I believe that's the biggest difference from now and back then. There was competition when you even within your own city, you go to a if you sure. go to a if you go two blocks over, it's competition. Now it's like you bring guys from different states to be on one team and they all are the top five, top ten, top twenty recruits, that's and you only got three competitive teams. Listen, man, I did it with my travel team, man. I started a program with uh, Maurice Jordan called Night Riders. It was Night Riders Elite. It's probably the biggest AU uh, organization now. It's got a big Nike deal. I had to step away a few years ago because I was so tied in with the NBA, so I couldn't be on sidelines coaching anymore. But just to see what we did, you know, it was just wrong. Like, Like, we would have all of the top five kids in the country Stacked on one team. It was no, it was no practice. We would just meet in the hotel and be like, "Hey, my name is. We got to turn. We got a game tomorrow, but we don't know no plays, no nothing. But we were able to figure it out because they were so elite, right? They were so elite. They just figure it out. And me just putting in baby sets and and minimizing the game so they they don't have to think so much and they could just use their abilities. Mm-hmm. We, we we dominated. You know what I mean? So I, I understand, and, it, and it's it's just not fair. Like now. They create rules where it's only border states you can get players from. So Miami, you know, Florida can get people from Alabama. They can get people from Atlanta, you know, you know, because they're border states, you know. Right, right. Um, Norris, you got anything else? Before we get into the heat, do you have anything else on the turn in terms of just like how Stan just becoming, going from, actually, I, I mean, I do wonder. Well, like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Joe. I know you got a question. I know you're curious. <laughs> no, I, was, I mean, I was going to say, like, so now, you know, you 23, 24 years old training a few guys to now you've built up to a point where you can't come to Miami if you're a player and not come down and work out with Remy. Like, it's it's like what, the destination spot to come work out. Like, when let did me, you see Let that? me tell you how that is. Okay. Let me tell you ahead. why that is. One, Keon Dooling is a solidified guy. Like he's respected around the NBA, if you didn't know that. And so when he vouches for you, you know, not everybody, not everybody's word is respected, but Keon Doolin is a solid dude. And so, 
everyone knew Keon Doolin in, in the Florida area. He was a legend down here in the South Florida area, if you didn't know that, for those who are watching. And so when he vouched for Stan, automatically people were going to give him a chance. And for me, working with him, I knew who he worked with. I didn't know every single person, but I knew certain people who he worked with. But I wanted to see for myself, could he work with me? And that's one of the things that makes Remy such a great trainer. He can work with different personalities because personality matters when you have a trainer and, and a person that you're training. The personalities, they don't, you don't have to be the same person, but the, you have to be able to have a level of respect and a level of communication. And one thing, as you can see, Remy is a good communicator. He's really good at communicating and he's good at working with people of different skill sets. So like he knows my strengths to my game, but he also knows some things that I need to, you know, that are maybe more challenging to my game. And then he can go all the way up the ladder to a superstar player. He can watch them and nitpick at some of their greatness and work with them and help them to get better. And then obviously as an amateur young kids, he can start with them from the grassroots. And so he can lay that foundation to where by time they're, you know, 12, 13, 14, they've mastered fundamentals. And some of them, the high level ones can do things that pros can do. And so his ability to communicate and his ability to work with different people is one of the reasons why people come down to Miami and, and work with him and other players vouch for him. Like he can tell you, I've been vouched for him plenty of times. <laughs> Some of my teammates, former teammates, or people that I've played against in the league and overseas, when they come down to Miami, I didn't call him, and he didn't like. All right, cool, I get him in. Then they work out with him, and then it becomes part of their regular regime. And so, when you're when you have great quality, word of mouth spreads. And you know, Remy is is not just word of mouth. When you get down and when you work out with him, that quality speaks for itself. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no doubt. No question you know, that. You know, it, you know it, that you know that one dribble pull up, Rip, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know that step back, one, two crossover, one, two dribble hezzy, you know, with the left. Uh, <laughs> man. uh let's man. so oh go ahead, Stan. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. So I want to let's talk a bit a little bit about this, the guys that you've worked with on this current heat team. So just I mean, look, just based off what I see on your on your social media on your instagram there's a few guys that i know and then we can get into anybody else that i leave out but i think the guy that fascinates everybody that captivates the minds of south florida at least right now is jimmy butler right i mean we you hear it all the time when you see him on the court and then you hear it when announcers talking about him and team jimmy's just different jimmy's just different like what is it about Jimmy? Like, what is it? You, you are, I know you, you work with him. You're, you're pretty close with him from what I can tell from, from what I see when you post. Um, like, what is it about Jimmy that makes him this intense, different dude, like, but still kind of like funny, intense, but you, you don't know when he's joking. You don't know what he's saying. Like there's, there's, he's like an enigma almost out there. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Jimmy's self-made guy, you know, um, he wasn't ranked number one in the country. He wasn't, this dude put the work in. Shout out to Chris Johnson, first of all, is another, you know, amazing basketball skills trainer in the game who's had Jimmy Butler for most of his years early on. Who um, will be a guest on our show. Yeah. Yep, who will be a guest on the show as well. Um, amazing dude. Um, 
you know, he built a foundation for Jimmy. You know, he built a foundation for Jimmy. Jimmy was always a hard worker. Whenever you get a hard worker, like I was saying, somebody like Norris, it's, it makes our job so much easier to communicate, to relay what we want being done. There's no frowning of the face when the work is hard. They, they come in the gym with their hard hat on and they're willing to get better. And you'll watch their games just boom, shoot to the ceiling because of their mindset. And Jimmy's mindset is nuts. The reason why he has prop people don't get along is because if you're on BS, you're not going to like Jimmy Butler. You understand? If you're trying to, you know, cut corners, you're not going to like Jimmy Butler because he's somebody that does not do it. And he doesn't get along with people that try to cut corners because he's a hard worker. So he can only value people that work hard. You understand? So somebody like a Udonis Haslam, a Trevor Ariza, these guys are going to gravitate. A Bam out of bio, they gravitate because they're workers. And he's going to have, and that's why he's so successful. And, and, and forget the players. The culture of Miami is Jimmy Butler. That's just who they, it's a, it's a Jimmy Butler, Udonis Haslam. These guys are what the Heat culture is all about. So, you know, of course he's going to come in and impact the team like that and go straight to the finals right away because he fits that organization like a glove. And, and Miami doesn't just get players. They get players that they know can fit in the Heat culture. So when Jimmy gets there, he just intensified it to the next level. But there's also a super funny side to Jimmy. He is one of the funniest dudes I've ever been around. He is very sarcastic. Um, as you can see in his post, um, you know, he'll post about me. He said something about happy birthday. And then in a hashtag, he was just like, you're the worst dresser in, in basketball history. Like I watched that. Yeah, like yeah, that. I, I watched that. I was actually, I, I watched recently. I saw, I saw when he posted that and he, he was like, you're not shit. You ain't never going to be shit, but that's why I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a funny dude, man. Like he, like, look at, look at how he walks into the games now, man. He comes in there, no shirt on, like, He's just a he's he's a funny dude, man. Like um, you would think that he's like this mean dude, man. But um, our energy was great from day one. Um, like I said, Chris Johnson did an amazing job with him. He's in Miami now, so he's been with me. And um, it's just you know teamwork makes the dream work, man. You know we get along real well because we he can call me at four in the morning and I'm gonna be there, no questions asked. And when I say he can, this has happened. This has happened for a whole summer. So, like, he, he likes to shock his body. He likes to, you know, do things that's un, out of the ordinary because he wants the game to be so smooth selling and easy for him. You know, so he wants to train extra hard. He takes care of his body. He eats well, drinks a lot of fucking coffee. Sorry to curse. Um, big face coffee. Shout out to coffee. Big face coffee. Um, but uh, he is... He is the epitome of, of, of the heat culture, man. And I'm, I'm blessed to be able to, you know, work with him. So the 3 a.m. workout stuff, that was that was all legit. When he when he first oh, came real. in, everyone was just like talking oh, about real. the 3 a.m. workouts. Were oh, you part real. of those? Were you were you there for those? Oh yeah, absolutely. It started off in Chicago when we he took Tyler Hero under his wing. Me, him, Tyler Hero, we we flew to Chicago, right? And it was like training camp for, for, for Tyler. Like, you know, like, he's like, you think you were working hard? I'm going to show you what hard work is all about. And we're going to do it 
weird hours of the day, you know, and, and I need to see how you respond. He wanted to see if this guy was a killer at the end of the day, because you, you know, every killer wants to know who's going to be at the finish line with him. And Tyler Hero is one of those guys. Like he is un, he is not your average, you know, basketball player. Trust me from that play at Kentucky, you know, he, he, you know what I wanted to say, yeah. you know, no, you can go ahead and say, say it. You can, you can say, you can say it. it. You know, he is he is not your average Joe. You know, Billy <laughs> you know what I mean? he is not. He is a certified killer. You know what I mean? And and I love that about Tyler Hero. I was going to ask you about Tyler next because that's a guy who I think a lot of Heat fans have tried to figure out throughout this year, in particular, because we saw what he did in the bubble last year, the finals. He was just uh, uh, clearly for a rookie ahead of ahead of his time in the league, and then rough first half of the year. Now playing better since the deadline. Um, what do you? What did you see outside of the work ethic? Just in terms of him as a player and what he can be in this league. What have you seen from him in in working out with him? Um, you know, I, I worked out with him early in most of his rookie year. Um, and then um, shout out to Andrew Moran, uh, Miami Hoop School, who he works with now. Um, I, I watched them literally work after work after work. He's somebody, his work ethic is different. He, and you know what it is with him? He's a basketball guy. I don't know if people understand what basketball guys are. Like, there's people in the NBA that don't like basketball, but they get paid millions of dollars to do it. Absolutely. I know that sounds crazy, right? They, they just play it because they're good or they're big or they're talented. But then there's people that are good, but they love basketball. And he's one of those guys. So, um, you know, I think that Tyler Hero can be um, an all-star in this, in this league, you know, just because of how the, the makeup of this league is um, now. Um, he can score the ball with the best of them. Um, the opportunity is there for him to be able to showcase his ability. I think he's going to continue to grow defensively because of the heat culture and people like Jimmy Butler um, on his tail. Every blown miss assignment, he's on his tail. He already knows he can just feel Jimmy walking behind him like, listen, it's your stuff together, man. Like, you know right, what I mean? Right, like, right, so, right. So when you, when you have that kind of, kind of accountability, you, you will get better and you, you'll just get tired of, you know, Jimmy breathing down your back or Udonis breathing down your back. I seen Udonis pull him to the side the other day, man. You know, shout out our brother Udonis, who's continuing to, continuing to nourish these young guys, man, and let them know from somebody who was a defensive guru, you know, to let you know, like, listen, this ain't going to cut it. This ain't, this ain't heat culture basketball. In order for us to, you know, be a contender, we, if you look down that roster, we don't have – this ain't the Brooklyn Nets. So we got to hang our hat on playing defense. So blowing assignments, that just can't happen. So, you know, um, just watching him do that and just seeing Jimmy stay on him, um, the sky's the limit for Tyler. I think he's going to be an all-star in this league at some point for sure. You think it worked out? I mean, obviously it worked out because the, the, his name was – his name was up there. They, they, there was a lot of talk because a lot of people were, a lot of people wanted Kyle down here when when the for deadline sure. was on. But it worked out pretty well because he's playing pretty well now for Miami. Um, another guy so, who believe it or not, mm-hmm. believe it or not, you know, um, you know, I work closely with James Harden. Um, Miami, Miami wasn't trying to give up no Tyler Hero. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that says a lot. Yeah, that says a lot. That says a lot. I don't think. 
I don't think people thought James Harden can, and I told Norris this before it happened, that he's somebody that can transform his game. I think they, everyone thought that he was going to be the same player that he wasn't used to, um, but he totally transformed his game. So, you know, a lot of people didn't, they didn't really jump towards that. They weren't really, they weren't like really, I mean, obviously James Harden being one of the top 10 players in the NBA, it didn't really, nobody really jumped towards it too much. You know what I mean? Like obviously he had his, 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 his certain destinations he wanted to be at, but, but a lot of people were just like, you know, you know what? I'm not giving Tyler Hero up. Huh. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So that, that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a, a guy that the Heat did end up getting at, around the deadline was Trevor. Trevor Reason. I know you work closely with Trevor. How long was he down here working out, getting ready before that all went down? Because, you know, we we talked on here, Norris, what, for two months? Every every episode we were like, well, the, who, well, who? Well, Joy, well, Joy, let me tell you, I knew he was down there working out. I just – I just didn't want to expose. I couldn't get out. Of, I couldn't get out of the way to you, but that's why it's important that we got Remy as our first guest. So go ahead, Remy, give him an education on how long that was being worked out. So, this has always been a dream. You know, me and Trevor have been friends since man, '04. Yeah, we've been friends since '04, um, and it's always been a dream. He's from Miami. He was born in Miami, even though he's a Cali guy. He was born in Miami from the Turks and Caicos and, um, and, and moved to, and moved to um, California the rest of his life. Um, but it's always been a dream to play in Miami. But I remember, you know, during, during the off season, like Trevor was getting moved like a pinball. Like I've never seen anybody get <laughs> crazy so much. And for somebody with so many years, he wanted to make sure that wherever he was going to play, it was going to be somewhere that gave him a chance to win a championship. And he, he went from Sacramento to Houston. I mean, he was in Portland. Then he gets traded to Houston. Then he gets traded to OKC, literally in the amount of 30 minutes. Like, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I remember texting him. No, so when he gets traded to Houston... You know, I'm working with James at the time. I'm like, I'm like, man, this is going to be cool. You're in Houston. I'm going to be in Houston this whole year. We're going to get together. And five minutes later, Trevor gets traded to OKC. I'm like, yeah, so delete that text. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to Houston. Um, how are we going to make it happen at OKC? He's like, well, looking down that roster, it's, it's a lot of young guys. They're just trying to get developed. He's like, Stan. I got to get to Miami. I got to get to Miami. So I said, my brother, this is what we're going to have to do. You got to get down here and I'm going to get you to Miami. I know those guys over there and you better believe they sniff around the, the Remy workout facility. Okay. Absolutely. They want to see, see what free agents is going on. And me and Spo talk all the time. Um, you know, I just, you know, as a friend, send them, you know, as a friend, Right, you know, right, I sent right. little videos just to let him see who's in there working, who's in there not. And Spoh's a huge fan of Trevor Ariza. So automatically, ding, 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 we got to figure out how to make this happen. And it's almost like when Miami Heat won that championship, Pat Riley said, I'm packing one suit, one tie. 
And that's what Trevor did. Trevor said, hey, Stan, I'm bringing all my stuff to Miami. I ain't leaving there until I'm playing for the Miami Heat. Like, I'm not leaving there and until I'm playing for the Miami Heat. And I'm going to make this happen. Mind you, you know, wasn't supposed to be doing that. You know, signed with OKC. Um, but, you know, they approved it. He's a veteran. He's not out here trying to, you know, he's not out here partying. This guy's out here working. And, right. and you can send coaches down here to see the hard work that's being put in. And that call came, man. He's down there for almost three months. Wow. You know, down there for almost three months um, with me and just grinding, grinding, grinding. And it was amazing period because that's one of my best friends. And this is the longest we've ever worked. Shout out to Rico Hines who works with him in California, but I always find a way to do a week or two with him every summer, you know, because, you know, A, spend time with my friend, but most importantly, we, we find a way to develop. He lives on the other side of the world. So, and I build my company to where I can't leave my guys like Norris and the Brandon Knights of the world and Arne Drummond of the world. I'm built on loyalty. So, and he understands that. Mm-hmm. So this was the, this was the first time of, of, of him really, really, really locking in with me. And he watched his game flourish and he, he, he really committed me for making sure. And the Miami Heat committed me for, for seeing how game ready this guy was right away after not playing three months, how sharp he was, how shape he was. And they, they were really, they were really impressed with, with Trevor Reese. So he fit them. He's another guy that fits that heat culture like a glove. Oh yeah. And it's remarkable. It's remarkable. Not only how ready he's been after not playing for, I mean, not even th- for more, right. Because he, he didn't play in the bubble because he opted out of the bubble because of all exactly. His- and he, exactly. well, he, he, play, he didn't play for what? Almost, a, it seemed like almost a year. So it's, almost. It is, yeah, it's remarkable how ready you got him, but also that it just, he wasn't even, I, I, there were so many names that were tossed around in, it's particularly in South Florida media circles of who's going to be the four, who's going to be, who's, who are they going to go get? And it was kind of surprising to people other than Norris, who kept it from his co-host. That, Joy, hold on, Joy, Joy, Joy. What did I tell you? I said when things get quiet, what does that mean? Well, but but there wasn't even quiet. The name wasn't it even was, out there. His name, that's quiet. When the, uh, yeah, the stuff it, that it, that's very quiet. But I'll tell you what, I'm not surprised that OKC approved it because Sam, if Sam Presti has a chance to get a second round pick, he's gonna allow anything to happen. He just those picks keep him warm at night. Um, <laughs> um but uh so you have a so over this, over this time, when you, what came first for you? Like, obviously the relation, like working out with players, but when did it get to the point where you now had a relationship with the organization? Like how, how long did it take to build that? Because I, and I'll, and I'll preface, and I also ask this, was there a time, because I remember when I first started working in the NBA, the first coach, well, the first full-time I, I interned for Lionel Hollins, the first coach I worked for with Larry Brown and Larry Brown did not like trainers did not like players. It was like an old school thing where it was like, I don't want these guys working with other guys and them doing stuff. That's not my, and I know it's changed over time, but when you, when you started to now, was there any pushback from organizations? And then how long did it take for you to build that relationship with the heat? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And you're talking about, one of the most strictest organizations in the NBA. And it's not because they're 
assholes. They just they're all up there. They they're confident in their their staff. They're confident in how they do things, and it's nothing wrong with that. I think it was a it's a little bit of an error shift that that at the end of the day you start getting guys in there like Jawan Howard and who who's kind of like listen guys um, we're talking to them you know they're with us more than their own families we got to give them their own chance to to do what they need to do so that their minds are sanity you want you want our voices to stick and not go in one ear and out the other sometimes you need a different voice but that doesn't mean you just listen to anybody i think the consistency over the years of them seeing me consistently in their gym um and miami does a good job of being able to watch what's going on um the um they put on the court yeah they and, and and i think when you get the stamp of a Dwayne way trusting you i think um that that solidifies you like Dwayne is a Hall of Famer. He's not about to get no bubblegum trainer to come in there and work with him. So you have to respect it. And most importantly, you know, they send their coaches in there, they're peeking and they're watching and they want to see what's going on. And okay, Stan is professional. He straight to business, gets his work done, goes home. Um, right. this is this no, this is no hangout. He's not a homeboy. They see the professionalism, they see how I work and they're just respected and you build a respect over the years and Miami will never be totally easy about it. It's just <laughs> right, the end of the right. day, at the end of the day, it's, it's something where the respect is there. When I can text your head coach and he responds right away, the respect is there when it's outside of training, helping them get players because of my relationships it's the respect is there. It is outside of basketball. It's that they see the, the the influence that I have on these guys. It's only right that it's only right that you respect him. And when you hear how these guys speak about me outside of basketball, and you got to believe, you got to move around Miami the right way. I carry myself. I'm a family man. And at the end of the day, you you better know it that they have their people out there to make sure I'm not in the clubs with those guys if they decide to go out or, or, you know, they want to see what's going on, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, and they, they, do sure. their, they do their research. I check and you're from Miami. That's, that's one thing. It helps that you from Miami, born and raised in Miami and Udonis Haslam, like you said, D-Wade stamped you and Udonis who's born and raised in Miami. I believe that plays a big part in that, bro. Other than the parts that you just mentioned, bro. 100%. I think when you got guys like you, Don, it's like, listen, that's my, that's my trainer and I vouch for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's, it's still, it's still a level of professionalism. Pat Riley, Andy, um, you know, those guys are like the mob, you know what I mean? So they, they sure. don't just let anybody in their family, in their house. Um, you have to, you have to do things correctly. And, just being in that organization, it really taught me how to move with every other organization who's a lot lighter, you know, not a lot of other organizations. They're like, cool. You want to work with that guy? Who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but then there's, 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 then there's organizations like Portland who who's very strict as well. But when you have top guys like CJ McCollum, you're working with, um, they can't do nothing but respect it when they all sit down and, you know, they try the intimidation factor. You got your owners sitting in there. You got your head coaches sitting in there. And <laughs> you got the legs crossed and, you know, their mouths 
you know, looking mean and they just want to see, let me see what this guy can do. And they look at, I think it's, yeah, they've seen certain drills before and they've seen basketball, but one thing that they don't see often is how we communicate. It's almost like they don't understand. They're like, damn it. I wish I could get to that guy the way he does. It's like, he's, he's got him trained like a pit bull. He says something, he responds and he responds very well. You know what I mean? So that's something that they can take from it because at the end of the day, I have one personality when I'm training somebody I have to deal with. They have 15. Eric's supposed to have to deal with 15 different personalities. If I'm only on the court with CJ, I only have to deal with CJ. So I'm going to know how, what CJ wants to do, what he doesn't want to do, how he walks, how he talks, how he jumps, right? How he shoots. I'm not going to miss nothing. But if you got 15 other babies, you're going to miss something. You're going to exactly. miss something. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I'm just that, that eye that's that, that, that only is watching that one player as I'm watching and I'm working with him. So I think it's just a mutual respect around the NBA. My face is good. I, I don't get in trouble. I, I'm very, you know, like I said, business-like when I'm in these cities. Um, Norris was one of the first, one of the first guys that, you know, gave me a chance to travel on the road with him and work with him. And Grievous Vasquez was what was the first guy to bring me on the road and, and, and just you, when you, when you're on the road with these guys, you're meeting GMs, you're meeting assistant GMs, you're meeting coaches and, mm-hmm. and you stay consistent in the game. And then they're training players, they're signing players. And then those players, those new players are still bringing me in. And it's like, Oh, I remember you. And then they trade players, they sign players again, the same different players bringing me in. All right, now Stan, I'm tired of seeing you now, man. Now you become a friend. You know what I mean? We're in the arenas, we come there. I, I like to, you know, when I go to a basketball game, I show up to the arenas really early. I go with the players. I like to mingle with the with the different, you know, people, basketball operations people. And that's that's how you build, that's how you you, you know, you 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 differentiate yourself from a street trainer or or a bubblegum trainer or somebody like that, right? <laughs> like like you you really you you're you're embedded in this game, like you're you're trying to build relationships and these things are what makes you successful in life anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I could tell just the way your name has gone, not just from being a South Florida, Miami trainer to a league wide trainer. I was watching, I think it was the Nets game. It was a national TV. I think it was a Nets game. And I want to say it was Mark Jones on the call and Mark Jones shouted you out on the, on the, on the call. I believe it was Jeff Green he was talking about. I don't remember. Like, famous. He was like, they were talking about how good Jeff Green is playing this year. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, Jeff Green spends his time down in South Florida with Stanley Remy workouts and it's really paying off. <laughs> I was like, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Remy, hey, Remy, I told you, I told you, uh, I told you that boy famous. <laughs> oh, my God. Nah, man. I, I wouldn't call it famous. I would call it consistent, you know, or just being consistent with your craft and, you know, continuing to evolve, right? The game is changing. I'm not stuck in my ways. I'm, I'm willing to listen to, 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 to players. I'm willing to change with how organizations are changing and, you know, speak the same language as these guys. That's, that's one thing Miami respects about me as well. I forgot to mention speaking the same language, um, you know, you know, I might get a son white side and he's like, you know, I want to shoot threes. They don't let me shoot threes. 
And Miami's like, yeah, there's a reason why you freaking shoot 60% around the basket and we need you around the basket. Like, and I'm, I, have to, I have to figure out how to speak that same language, but also work on that 10% gray area where, you know, you know, we want to we want to make you great within how Miami uses you. Don't you ever forget that. But there's a 10 percent gray area in the game where nobody controls, it. not a player, not a coach, not a referee, a low shot clock situation. You end up popping out to the three point line and now you shoot it over the basket because you haven't been working. You understand what I mean? And now you don't change any minds like they're like, that's exactly why we don't let you shoot it. And it's like, dude, you don't even let me work on it. But I find a way to also engage that person, right? How do you motivate him to want to do what the Heat wants him to do, right? You reward him. You throw him a bone like a dog, like a treat, right? Like when a, when a dog does something good, you give him a treat. So my treat for you is since you're going to come in the gym on your own time and harness what the Miami Heat wants you to do with your own private trainer, I got to throw you a bone because that's very difficult to do. I'm paying you, Stan, not to do what they, what they want. But I have to be able to say, no, let's, how about we just be the best in the world at what they want? And then we can do a little bit of what we want, right? And as you make one, you make two, they start changing up. You know what, son, shoot one again. Because you've been, you've been working on it. Then they respect the work. Like they respect that you actually put the work in. So speaking the same languages of these organizations is key. That right there is important. You know, most guys and trainers, they, they're like, you know, oh, man, you know, you, you should be the man on this team and you, you need to be doing this and you should get more touches. It's like, dude, <laughs> you, can't, you cannot preach that to them because, A, you might have an influence on this person and you, you, you might have him going left when the organization wants him to go right. And, and that right there is, 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 a, is, a, is a formula for disaster. Trust me. Absolutely. You sure. Have you ever thought about uh, working for a team and pivoting to coaching? Yeah. You know, you know, what's crazy, man. I just had a conversation with Keon the other day. I've been getting the itch. I've been getting calls, you know, for the last five summers. Come work with us. Come work with us. I just love Norris's face. Norris is, you see, look at Norris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love to be able to work with everybody. And I love to be able to work with kids, right? I have my son coming up who's pretty good, right? I, I just love that part. And I'm I'm still very close to the game. I still have a, a lot of access. If it was no COVID, I have a lot of access. If I, like if I worked for the organization, um, you know, not the same access as if you work, you know, work for the team. But at the end of the day, you know, I can move around how comfortably, you know what I mean? And I can still work with the top guys and, and fly out and go work with another organization for a week. And, and that's how you build the relationships. And I feel like, you know, you know, once I reach the pinnacle, you know, yeah, why not? You know, I want my, my family and my friends to, ex, you know, experience. Yeah. I might not be, I might not have made the NBA as a player, but I've made it as a, as a, as a teacher, as a coach. Right. So like, it's mm -hmm. like, being in the NBA, you know, being able to give tickets to my family to come watch watch our team play, you know, I, I always envision that, you know, my son being like, dang, dad, like you in the NBA, like he, he understands it now because he plays, but like at the end of the day, 
you know, those things cross my mind. And then also, I'm not just a trainer. I, I love teaching the game of basketball as far as X's and O's. So I wouldn't just be a trainer if I do take that job. I eventually, why well, wouldn't I want to reach for the stars and, and, you know, be a head coach one day, you know? I feel like you'd be, yeah, I feel like you'd be a good college coach. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. You know, like, you know how it is in the NBA, Norris, like you're not like your coaches are not teaching all the time. Right. It's they're, they're, they're laying out the scouting report for you. They're working out with you, but well, the teaching. Remy, Remy can do, Remy can do anything, anything he puts his mind to because he's a basketball savant, you know? So even though I said no jokingly, but you know, whatever he decides to do, he's going to be good at it because he, he puts the time in, he works at it. Uh, college has its advantages. It has its disadvantages. You got the rules of the NCAA, oh. which the, which the NC, I mean, which the NBA doesn't necessarily have to. Yeah, I'm not saying you'd you like know, it. Bye bye. <laughs> I'm yeah, not saying I mean, you'd like it. He can, and, and when he gets older, like he said, you know, to be able to be to be able to be in the NBA and live sort of that NBA lifestyle for his family to see and for his sons to see. That's every man's dream. Who you know to be able to have their son you know, come down courtside and be a part of the NBA. So, you know, even though he's already kind of doing it now independently, but I can, you know, whatever Remy wants to do basketball-wise, it'll work because he's a savant. He studies the game. Well, I don't have to tell Appreciate you this. That, I don't have to tell you this, Stan, but I will. If you do decide to take a job, just make sure – and you know all these organizations by now, but I can tell you this from five years of working for the Charlotte Hornets, pick the right organization because uh, <laughs> all right and, and y'all don't even have to respond to that but i'm just saying i'm just saying if you because i understand that dream of wanting to be there and wanting to do all that and i know that uh handing out tickets every night believe me when we were winning seven games i was getting like 30 tickets a night because no one wanted to come to our games it was fun handing out tickets just make sure if you make that make sure you make sure you if you make that choice that you pick the right organization because it can get rough. It can get it can get rough. Well, you know, it's a, it's a couple of it's a couple of our brothers that are scattered around. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they might be sifting coaches. They might be sifting GMs. And, you know, you know, once they reach the top, you know, they say, come on over. Uh, then I then it's the right organization because Absolutely. they understand my value. You understand that? Absolutely. So I won't, I won't, trust me, I'm not going to pull that trigger until it's, I know, I know I'm going to be good. You understand? In, and due, once, in due time, my friend. Yes, exactly. And then once you're in, it's like starting all over again, right? Building your name up and, and as a, as an elite, you know, trainer in the NBA and as an elite coach, I think I'm going to come in with that title already as a elite trainer and somebody that knows how to communicate and, you know, I'm always going to have a friend on the other side of the floor and, you know, they're always going to run up to me and give me big hugs. I'm going to have that respect around the NBA, but it's always having the respect around your organization, right? You got to show them your work ethic. You know, you sh- you're showing up early, you're leaving late, you know, putting the extra time in and developing guys and seeing the success on the court. You know, that, that that's what starts all over again for me. No question. Well, you know, just listening to this, little bit little over an hour of conversation i'm a hundred percent certain that whether it's continuing to be the best trainer on the planet or pivoting to coaching you're going to be highly successful at whatever you do because the journey i mean the journey continues the journey is just getting started but it's been a it's a pretty remarkable journey to hear about i appreciate 
the time that you've given us Norris, you got anything else you want to, you want to, you want to jump in or you, you want to, I just want to say, I just want to say shout out to Remy workouts, anybody, any professional who's looking to get better and you're in the South Florida area, make sure you give Remy a shout out and Remy, before we get off, uh, give everybody your, your social media and your ways to reach you. Yeah, definitely, man. I appreciate the shout out. Um, um, you can reach me on, you know, IG at RemyWorkouts.com. I mean, at RemyWorkouts, sorry. Um, or my actual in a, uh, website, uh, RemyWorkouts.com. Or, you know, I got uh, Remy underscore um, runs underscore Miami. You can reach me there. Or my uh, my brand new facility, you can also reach me there at on Instagram at the Miami Perimeter. Um, you can reach me on all those platforms, man. So and all those and, out there, and I'm gonna when I and when I post the show, I'm gonna put stand in the in the description. I'm gonna put stands the the Remy workouts, the IG, and the Twitter, so that people can go there. Perfect, and follow perfect, you. perfect so, man. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, hey, man, this was awesome. We're obviously gonna have to have you on again because there's so much more. I mean, I feel like we could have this this conversation could go on for hours. Um, oh yeah, next time we gotta talk about some actual X's and O's, man, but that we seen on the court. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. We'll bring you for back. Sure. You know, we man, we'll, we'll bring you bring you back for playoff, preview the playoffs a little bit. Oh, you know that's, I mean? that's that's mm-hmm. gonna, that's gonna be that's gonna be good, man. Um, we ain't even talk about these trades. I know this is a heat show, though. You know, um, yeah. You know, shout out to the newest acquisition, Victor Oladipo, as well. Um, who I worked with early on in his career. Um, I don't work with him anymore, but um. I think that's a big pickup for them. You know, as long as he's healthy, which he is, you know, I still talk to him. And um, I think that could really help Miami push them over the ledge as far as, you know, what they missed last year. You know, you got somebody that can go get 25 whenever. A slasher can slow the game down. It's going to get a lot of free throw attempts, put teams in a bonus. I think Jimmy needs that. Somebody that can get to the rap basket and be athletic. And they get another wing defender. You know, they get another wing defender. You sound like my clone. We I said those exact things last week when we talked about this. <laughs> his his uh word for word. Is there concern? <laughs> how concerned? I mean, do we know about the knee yet? Is it just that they're going to keep him? They're going to they're going to rest him for for a while just to make sure it's okay because he got hurt last week and I know he's not on this road trip. Yeah, we got to play by ear. Yeah, I didn't ask him about his knee. I just made sure he was in good spirits. He was in good spirits. So usually, you know, somebody that's really hurt is not going to be in good spirits. So yeah. he, he's making sure he's good. You know what I mean? Um, and that's it. And he was fine. He said he's, he's, he'll be back soon. So Okay. There you go. All right. Well, we'll obviously we'll dive into it way more next time. We'll, we'll get an X's and O's because I know you got a lot to, to bring to it there. So Absolutely. Man. He's a great debater. He's a great debater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we can get into that too for sure. Um, all right, Sam, yeah, appreciate it. Sure. And thank all of you for listening to Believe in Miami Heat for another week presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next time. Norris, you want to take us out? Heat Nation. Heat Nation, we just completed another episode. We had the, my main man, my brother, my trainer, Stan, Remy, workouts. Make sure y'all go, go see him down in South Florida and make sure y'all join us next week for another episode. We out! <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.